Welcome to Love Your Family again and again and again and again, the podcast where we focus on parenting with love and clarity. I'm Dr. Marcy, a family culture expert who for over 20 years has been helping parents to create happy and strong families. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am here today with Martika. And I am super excited to talk about her kiddo. But before we do that, you need to know who Martika is and who her kiddo is. So Martika, welcome. Hi. Please tell us about your family. Okay. Well, I'm Martika. Um, My partner, Maxwell, and I have a two and a half year old named Miko. um, And we are all born and raised in New York City. And I know you just had an anniversary with yes. Max. So how long have y'all been together? We have been together for eight years this time around. We Yay! dated in high school, broke up, and got back together as adults. Amazing. So high school sweethearts with a little little break in the middle. Yeah, yeah, a little intermission, and then, you know, we resume play. Mm-hmm. I love that. Go lived your life and came back and found each other yes, again. exactly. Beautiful, beautiful. So I want to know, what is your go-to glitter? That thing... That when you as a family, when the three of you are together and you're like, we need, we need a win, we need a good moment, what is that thing you go do? Okay. One of the things we really like to do is Miko loves the Children's Museum. So we like to take him there um, on the weekends or on a day when it's rainy and we can't go to the park. And we kind of let him play around and really enjoy and explore. He loves the water play and the sand play and climbing. And we also are able to play with him it's super interactive um he also loves a good harry potter movie so yeah wait wait wait. at two and a half he's into he's into harry potter he's He's, not scared no he loves harry potter does he have a little does he a little magical on his own he has his little wand um he is definitely a a hogwarts student at this point and which school would he be in um for me he would be um in gryffindor Okay. His father would probably say Gryffindor as well. I- I'm going to speak for him. Yeah. Gryffindor. Great. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. He's not here. You get to speak no, for him. Exactly. As long as we're kind, because that's yes. one of the rules here. We cannot, we don't, we don't tear anybody apart no. who is not here. Yes. So well, yeah. we don't tear anybody apart even when right. you are here. Exactly. That's not helpful. But, but yes, we're, we're Gryffindors. All of you. All of us. Love yes. it. Okay. I support this. All right. Yay. I can just picture Miko running around casting spells to make everybody happy and fun and goodness yeah. and laughter. Yes. So good. Definitely what he would do if 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 his wand were functional. And like really functional. Like an Harry Potter. Wait, are you trying to tell me that he doesn't run around your house casting actual spells that make you and Max laugh all the time? Well he does. Yeah. Now that I think about it, you're right. Yeah. It works. It's, it's not Harry Potter magic. You can't watch the flicker come out of the wand. But it's magic for sure. But it works. Yes. Yeah, we all need a little more magic in our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so we have Harry Potter movie yes. night, and we have interactive children's museum. Mm-hmm. Like, these are great options. Yeah, and the last one is the park. I mean, he loves the playground. He loves the slide, and he loves the swing. So he's a human in action. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so let's chat because I can just hear in that tone that maybe some of his action is what we're going to chat about today. Yes. So let's dive in because we could talk about all the goodness in your family for days and days mm-hmm. and days. And my specialty is reframing and problem solving the the more challenging moments of family. So let's talk about that. What's 
the biggest thing on your mind these days? So recently, Miko was diagnosed with autism. Um, and that was actually very relieving um, because Max and I could notice um, changes in, be- in his behavior or just little things that he would do that were, I guess, quote unquote, out of the norm. Um, and the first time we went to his doctor to ask about getting the early intervention, they were kind of just like, oh, no, he's fine. You know, he's still developing. But Max and I were like, yeah, no, we are with him day in and day out. You're getting a glimpse we feel like we need this. And we were, we pushed pretty hard and we got the evaluation and the diagnosis. Um, So it kind of does explain some things that we were questioning in the past. And I think now it's for us to figure out how to navigate and be the best parents knowing now how his brain works and how he operates. Okay, so I just wanna reflect a couple things in there. One, you said that you feel relieved that you got the diagnosis. And I want to highlight that as something huge because for so many people, any label, but especially a diagnosis on the autism spectrum feels devastating and heartbreaking and other words that I, I don't want to put into your space. The fact that you felt relief because now you understand how he works delights me. So because that's what they're for right? The the label, the diagnosis, the evaluation process is to help us understand how he's experiencing the world. Therefore, you can get him the help that he needs so that he can be the best version of himself. When we don't know, we can't help. We can't help in the way that he needs. And not all of us learn the same. Mm -hmm. Even without a diagnosis, you and I think and experience the world differently Mm -hmm. because we're different humans. But now you know the flavor of how he's experiencing the world. Yes. So I want to really honor to you that that relief is unique and wonderful and magical. Yeah. It also means you're going to be able to support your son that much faster and fuller. And I also want to reflect that to whoever's listening right now, that if there is news that they receive that doesn't seem like it is something the world reflects as positive mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it's not right agreed because this is actually really great news the other thing i want to reflect is that you followed your gut you were like there's something going on mm-hmm. with my child 100 so the combination of those two things mm-hmm. of you trusting your own parental gut instinct and pushing to get support amazing and then you finding out how you're how Miko's brain works and going, okay, now we got some things to do. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. And I just want to make sure that you know how remarkable that is. Okay. So keep going. Um, so that's like the one, the other thing is for us, I, I don't believe in my parents' style of parenting. Um, it was very strict and like traditional Caribbean household. Whereas I felt like Reflecting back, there were things that could have been different. There were ways that they could have communicated more effectively um, and maybe gentler at times. So for me, the minute that I knew I was pregnant or even before I knew I was pregnant, I always said that I wanted to find a good balance between discipline and gentle parenting um, and making sure that my parents, I want my kids to respect me, but I don't want them to fear me. Whereas I feel like a lot of traditional parents feel like fear is a part of parenting. 
Um, I want my kid to know right from wrong and not ever feel like they can't come to me with something because I don't even think sometimes parents realize like that type of rearing is why sometimes your kids don't want to come to you and talk to you. So that just trying to navigate like between the two and not be too gentle of a parent, but also not be too hard on my baby. Yes. Okay. I love this. Talking about it all day long because it's true that the you're going to do what I say because I say so because I'm bigger and stronger and scarier than you only works until your kid is bigger and stronger and scarier than you. Yeah. It also teaches them that that's the model of the world. Mm -hmm. And if I think about the world that at least that I live in, when I look at the systems that we have in place that are based on fear, they're broken. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to emulate that. And I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to obey the law because I'm scared of going to jail. I want to obey the law because it makes me a better person in the world and a way to respect other people around me. Yes. Hence, that's how I teach kids. And that's how I help parents raise their children because I don't want to be in relationships where I'm scared of the other person. Yeah. Why would we want to create that for our kids? And there are so many ways that we can do that. There are so many other options. And that is not to make wrong the parents that do it that way because they don't know anything else. They haven't had the exposure or the possibility to another option, but that's not the answer. Yeah. Now on the other side, and gentle parenting right now means something very specific in the world, right? But you know, a few years ago, it was just this idea of being kinder to our kids. There can be a real permissiveness and a, a child-ledness that I think isn't doesn't always serve our kids in the sense that kids need a container and they need structure and they need support in order to feel safe right like sometimes me as an adult i'm like can you just decide where we're going to dinner mm -hmm. because i just can't make another decision our kids need that feeling all the time where we give it to them because they don't have the words to ask right because it took me a long time in therapy to know to ask that mm -hmm. we have to provide that to our kids and give them space to be a kid, to have their voices heard, to play with them, but also for us to be the grown up and for them to be the child and not be safe. So neither one in extreme is a full, beautiful parenting model, in my opinion. But when you combine them, it's an awesome dance. Yeah. So what were some of the things that you were noticing that made you want to get him evaluated? Um, so eye contact was like the first big thing. Um, not that he doesn't make eye contact, but he, in my opinion, wasn't making it or keeping it as effectively. Um, and then he would do this like weird head shaking thing. And I was like, well, I've never seen that before. Um, and you know, just being that I am at work and Max works from home, there were some things that Max had observed too. Um, or just like repetitive behavior. Um, he's also like very particular about the order of things and where things go. And so we all we were both just kind of like, you know, we should we should get him evaluated. And I think neither one of us was opposed to it. We are both very much like we need to know what our children need in order to be the person that get, can get that resource for them. But it would be a disservice to observe something, let it go it get worse. And then by the time we do something, it's too late. Mm -hmm. 
And we just kept pushing the doctor. And I love my doctor because she was my pediatrician growing up. But, you know, maybe that's just not something that she's used to or has a lot of experience in it. And that's okay. But that's also why we were just like, I don't care what you say. I need that referral. And here we are. All right. So you can't see this, (laughs) but I was dancing in my seat. Yes. Because you said so many good things in there. One, the, the first thing that jumped out at me was you saying, we needed this information so we could parent the way our children right now. You only have one, yes. right? Just want to make sure. Yes, just the one, but okay. you know, future. There'll yes. be more. The way our children need to be raised. We need, we need to do what they need as opposed to, we need to parent the way we want to parent and they need to get on board, yeah. which goes for so many ways of, of how we treat kids. Oftentimes we want them to get on board with us. And the truth is to be a really good parent, you need to notice who they are and parent the way they need to be parented. So we're going to talk about some of that specific to how that works with autism. But the other thing is that you said that like your doctor just didn't know. And I think that there are amazing, wonderful medical professionals, pediatricians who their training did not include what to look for with special needs, or it was a subset of many, 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 many classes that happened for them. So when a pediatrician says, no, don't worry about it, maybe you don't have to worry about it. But if it keeps you up at night, if you keep feeling that pit in your stomach or wherever you feel that that parental intuitive knowledge of something's wrong with my kid, keep asking, keep pushing and say, you know what? I get that you don't think I need an eval, but I need it. So where do I go for that resource? And especially when kids are school age, the school is such a big support of how to do that. But if you know something's up, follow that. Because parents see things that nobody else sees, mm-hmm. that nobody else notices. Agreed. And have that intuition with their kid that no one else has. So yes. So what, what does a kid who is on the spectrum, how does that information inform you? I'm going to tell you a couple of things. One is, and I'm going to make huge generalizations about the diagnosis yes. of autism right? And every kid is unique and every person who has a particular label experiences uniquely. So these are generalizations, but hopefully they will help you. Yes. One is they are very specific. They think often in linear terms. So it's right or it's wrong. It's black or it's white. It's left or it's right. Like there's, there's not a lot of gray in their world. How do you parent from that place? It means you got to be very clear. The clearer and more specific you can be, the easier it is going to be for him. So if you want to go to the park and he wants to go to the park, if you say we're going to the park soon, he might think soon means one thing in his head and you think soon means something else and you're going to have some behavior around that. But if you say we're going to go to the park in 10 minutes and you set a timer, then when he's anxious, you're like the timer hasn't gone off yet. We're not going to the park yet. The trick for you is as soon as the timer goes off, you're walking out the door. Yeah. So shoes are already on, right? And you can set up the routine of, did the timer go off and you're walking out the door? Or does the timer go off and now we put on shoes and our coat and now we're walking out the door. But whatever routine you set, he's gonna like take as, you know, written in stone. And so make sure that you're thoughtful and that you and Max sit down and go, okay, well, what do we want the bedtime routine to look like? Because he's gonna want it to be the same every night. What do we want the morning routine before he goes to school to look like? Cause he's going to want it to be the same. There's going to be huge comfort in that type of clarity for him. The other big thing that 
I think of as uniquely for kids on the autism, but helps so many others as well, is they are visual learners. That is going to be his main modality. We, and slightly ironic that we're on a podcast, so you can't see anything, (laughs) we are a hugely auditory world. Mm-hmm. Right. If you think about what happens in school, how do kids get directions? Teachers tell them sometimes they write it on the board. Sometimes there's a worksheet, but it's auditory. How do you give Nico directions at home? You tell him what to do. Yeah. That is not the most efficient way for him to take in information. So there are most likely going to be times or maybe already have where you're telling him something and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't 100%. feel like he gets it. Yes. And that's because he's hearing it, but it doesn't feel true. It just doesn't digest in his brain the same way it does. I'm going to speak for myself, for me, maybe for you as Mm -hmm. well. So if you can find a visual representation to support that, once he's reading, I am a huge fan of writing out text for kids because they'll read it and then it's true in a a new and unique way. I'm going to tell you a story about that in a second. Because he's super young, it might be that you end up getting a bunch of pictures And so every time you say it's time for the bath, you hold up a picture of bath time. Or maybe it's that you hold up a picture of bath time with a 530 clock on the bottom and then you hold it next to your clock and you say same. Because even if he can't read time, he might be able to match the numbers, Mm -hmm. right? But you're going to have to, those things that are a regular part of your routine, the more you can connect it with a visual cue, the easier it's going to be for him to get like, oh, you want me to go in the bath now? Cool. And even if you don't have a a picture of a bathtub, you might be able to create a symbol that he will start connecting. Right. And that will just help Mm -hmm. because he wants to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So my favorite story about visual learners and kids on the spectrum is that I was working with this one kiddo and he was about five and he you know, really just liked eating pasta, you know, pasta and chips, favorite things. So we were working on him eating vegetables and we were using text cues with him because he could read. And some kids on the spectrum end up reading really early because it makes sense to them so they can decode and then they start reading. So we were using text cues and I wrote out on a whiteboard, I'm going to eat my broccoli next. And I put it in his terms because I wasn't giving him a direction. I was hoping that if he read it, it it would land on him like it's true. And then he'd eat the broccoli next. Well, it worked. So I wrote, I'm going to eat my broccoli next. He looked at it and he was used to anything we wrote. He'd read out loud. So he said, I'm going to eat my broccoli next. And then the look this kiddo gave me could have started wars (laughs) because once he said it, right, there's again, to that, to that really deep clarity of like on or off that kids on the spectrum often have. Once he said it, it was true. And now that he said it and it was true, he He had to eat his broccoli next. And he did not want to eat his broccoli next, but he also didn't want to not be in alignment with what he just said. So he did. He did. It was amazing. And what also happened was he realized it wasn't as bad as he thought it was. And so then I would say, I'm going to eat a bite of my pasta because if I only did hard things, in text cues, then he wouldn't want to read the text I gave mm-hmm. him, right? This is a really important part of the story. You, I was like, I'm going to eat a bite of my pasta. I'm going to drink my milk. I'm going to eat a bite of my pasta. I'm going to eat a bright bite of broccoli. So we kept reading because there was good mixed in with the heart. Yeah. If we only use text cues for bath and brushing teeth and eating broccoli, Miko's going to be like, forget it. I'm not reading what you give yeah. me. 
But if you intermix, we're going to go have ice cream. We're going to go to the park. We're going to slide on the slide. We're going to wash our hands. Then we have all of the yeah. pieces combined. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. It's like a, it's like visual positive reinforcement basically. Yeah. But that visual piece is going to be that visual piece mm-hmm. and that clarity mm-hmm. are the two biggest pieces that I can hand you. Yeah. That just, there's so many things connecting in my brain right now that, that yes. Awesome. Makes so much sense. Cool. Any other questions around this or do we want to talk about parenting styles? Um, I guess the only other thing would be like, it's funny that you said that story. Food is a little bit difficult for us because he is very much in the routine of like, I want to eat this. I want to eat this. I want to eat this. And I want to eat this. And you can give me variations of these, but don't deviate from these, which is like pizza, pasta, rice, bacon, uh, he loves fruits, but doesn't love vegetables. So we will give him vegetables, but we'll like cook it into the sauce so that he's getting the nutrients and not just not needing to eat it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So part of it is pick your battle. Like is food something you want to dive into and, and put your energy and attention into right now? Because it's really important. He's a growing kid and you think that's or are you like, I need to work on the sleep routine first because we're just not getting there? Doesn't matter. The right. truth is it doesn't matter, but pick one big area at a time. Because otherwise you get overwhelmed and it's too many things and everything else, you let it be as it is. So if you decide that bedtime routine is the biggest, most problematic thing, then you deal with that and you let him eat as much pizza as he wants, as long as he's getting enough calories in and the doctor's not worried about his growing, that's not the thing for today. Okay. What I, okay. That's a big thing as a parent. Don't do everything at once. No matter who your kid is. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you want to do it all and you can't, and then you get burned out. And that's why some parents are so exhausted because you're trying to change everything at once. It's like going on a crash diet. How long do you last on a crash diet? Three days. <laughs> yeah. And then you binge. Yeah. But as a parent, you can't do that because your kid's still there. Right. So let's not set that up. One big thing at a time that you're going to change. Everything else stays status quo. So when food is the thing you want to change, until then, it's fine. As long as he's growing and gaining weight, if he's not and the doctor's concerned, then that becomes a thing you okay. change. But until then, yeah, let him eat. Okay. Okay. When it is the time to change, you need to create a routine for him that includes something new. So it's, you get three bites of pizza, you get two pieces of bacon and something new. Every, or maybe it's every meal starts with an appetizer that is five pretzels and a bite of something new. So that the new thing can constantly change, but there's always a moment where the new is introduced. So the routine is old, new, old, 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 old. And sometimes that new thing is just, he needs to pick it up or he needs to kiss it. My rule is once food goes in your mouth, it stays in your mouth and gets swallowed. But until they're ready to put it in, it's just, let's explore it, lick it. Because if I say you have to eat that, I have no agency to make that happen. So it's more a, what does it feel like on your lips? Touch it to your lips. I'll touch it to mine. The one other thing I would say about introducing new foods is make sure it's something you eat and eat it around him and eat it when you're asking him to try it. 
Because if it's something that either you or your husband are saying, oh, that's gross. I hate that. You're not going to get him to eat that. Right. It's yeah. just not going to work. Yeah. He also is very um, good at reading like our energies and when we don't like something. Mm-hmm. So he would immediately look at me and say, mom, are you crazy? Like, yeah. you know, just like, no. Yep. Yeah. So I, I would agree. I 100% agree with that. Like eating it while he eats it. Yes. And I might eat it for like a week li- leading up to that so that he kind of sees it around because kids sometimes get curious. If you're sitting down for a family dinner and you're eating some carrots and dip, but not asking him to do anything, he might be like, and you're like, oh my gosh, these are delicious. They're so crunchy. This is so fun to eat. He's going to be like, mom likes it. And then when you put it on his plate and you're like, here's the box for the new thing, you just have to touch it with your finger. He's going to be like, I've seen this. It's not completely new. Okay. Right. So it, it helps. And then I would do the new food for many weeks in a row. So I would have carrots be the new thing for a month as opposed to like, we're going to do a carrot today and a cucumber tomorrow. And right. because that's too much change of the new. Right. But the new has to have a place in the routine. Okay. That makes okay. sense. Yes. Awesome. So let's talk about parenting styles which i feel like is a huge conversation right now Mm -hmm. i feel like there are so many experts myself included being one of the voices in the world who is saying this is the right way so i want to preface this conversation by there is no one right way to parent each family is unique each parent is unique each personal preference of how you exist and think and feel in the world is different And therefore you need to go and learn all the things and create the right combination for you and your family. So go and learn all the things, but if something's not working for you, that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong or that you're a bad parent. It means you're a great parent because you took the time to learn about parenting. And that piece isn't for you, even if it works for your best friend. Even if it works for your co-parent who is helping you raise your child, it might just not be for you. So. With all of that disclaimer put out there, Martika, what is the parenting flavor that is most kind of crunchy for you at the moment? So, well, I'm going to start, like, I'm a very gentle parent, but I can be stern. And and not that I don't think it's working, but I do think that as Miko continues to grow, there will be nuances and certain things that we need to tweak. And I think sometimes I'm too gentle. Mm. because I came from this rigid, super strict household that I am on the complete other end of the spectrum in terms of like parenting. Okay. So I want you to think of an example of Mm -hmm. when you are too gentle for us to talk about while I share this thought, Okay, which is my rule for parenting tends to be when your kids are good and listening and doing what they need to be doing, be the funnest, gentlest, most easygoing parent ever. When that stops and your kid's not listening, not doing what they need to be doing, then all the fun stops and you're just clear. And it's about giving positive action-based direction so they know what to do because we have this weird assumption that kids know what to do. And so it's not that we have to get harsh or mean or yell or lose it in order to get our kids to listen. We just have to get really clear and boring. And all of those things that happen in the harsh, yelly place, we probably need to embed into our good moments because it's really funny when grownups yell. So sometimes those behaviors have to come in as reinforcers for good things. But when things aren't going well, we're just boring. Yeah. 
So with that said, let's... So it's interesting because he doesn't... Miko doesn't really misbehave, right? Um, but he is very, very strong-willed. So there was one day where he had this comb that had like a metal tip at the end, right? Which obviously he should not have had. Um, and it was like a lot of, okay, Miko, thank you. May I have the comb? And and Max was like, you need to have a, a more stern voice. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but I feel like this will, it didn't work. <laughs> I say all of this and I, but I kept with a very gentle voice and Max's tone was just a little bit more serious than mine. And Miko was immediately like, and I was like, but I said that. And Max is like, you did say that, but do you hear the difference in how we said it? I was very sing-songy, like, Nico, can I have that? Whereas Max was more like, Nico, you shouldn't have that. May I have the comb, please? So in the example you gave, it doesn't sound to me like Max was harsh. He was just clear. Yes. And I was... He was clear. Yes. You can also be clear in a sing-song voice, but you were willing to repeat yourself. Yes, I was. My guess is when anytime Max uses that clear voice. He says it one time. He says it one time. And if Miko doesn't do it, he's going to get up and go make that thing happen. Yes. So if he said, Miko, that's not safe. Can I have the comb? If Miko didn't give it to him, he wasn't running around the house repeating himself. No. He was going to stand up, yes. get there and take the comb. 100%. You can do that with a sing-song voice. Miko, can I have, can I have that comb back, please? And then get up, walk over, and get the comb. Now, here's the question. How does Miko know the difference to when you are making a suggestion versus when you are telling him to do something? I don't know. Okay. So my suggestion for that would be, if you're saying, can I have the comb? It's something he can say no to. Yeah. So Miko, can I have that comb back? It's giving him an option. It's, it's a question. No, mama, it's mine. You can't have it right now. Thanks. That's a legit answer. But if you said, Nico, give me that comb in that sing song your voice, now you've given him a direction. Could he still not follow direction? Sure. But then it becomes teaching him to follow directions, aka you getting up, going over and say, thanks, this is giving me the comb and showing him what that's like in the same way that Max would have done it with his mm -hmm. sterner voice. Sometimes the change in tone helps our kids know how serious we are. Right. And we do that when we're sitting around having yes. drinks with friends. Yes. We're just like, mom, 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 versus I'm at work and now this is the thing I have mm -hmm. to do. So figure out what your different intonation is. And it doesn't have to be from joy to yelling. Yeah. It can be from joy to boring, like taking the intonation out, being flat so that he knows, but also be specific in the words you use. Questions are great. Ask him questions but not when you actually are giving a direction. Directions are a different thing. Yes, mm -hmm. you're correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's definitely, I think that is a, a big part of it is that I do a lot of times phrase it as if I'm asking him a question versus I'm giving him a direction. Whereas Max is very direct. And so it yields better results. Well, because Miko's confused by yeah. you. I think like with all my love, yeah. he's just confused. No, and I get that. So it's on you as the parent to be like, oh, how can I make you understand? Right? Like if your boss was like, hey, do you want to work an extra day this week? No. 
You feel like you can just be like, no, I <laughs> yeah, don't. Exactly. If versus... your boss is like, I need you to take care of this event that's happening. You're like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to move my plans around yeah. and I'm going to be there. Two different things. Mm-hmm. And so we need to remember that our kids are discerning that too. And if you're asking questions, but meaning it as a direction, he, he needs to learn how to be a mind reader from Harry Potter, which is not <laughs> a skill that I think he has yet. So you have to get clear with your language. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else around this parenting differences of, of gentle versus stern that, that you want to unpack? I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and then we're working on potty training, which is going, I don't know if it's going well, but it's going, it's going like he is eliminating in the toilet or it is like, you're just doing a lot of laundry. It's going as in he'll sit on it in the morning. Okay. And are you using the toilet with a seat or are you using like one of the small pots? It's a miniature okay. toilet. Yep. Um, but other than that, he like, not Not interested. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is he holding his pee throughout the day? No. Okay. So he might not be ready then. Okay. So you want to see that in his diaper that he can go an hour or 30 minutes and his diaper stays dry because there's a biological piece of it, right? In which our bodies start holding. If his body is not holding naturally, then he's what happened, like what babies do in their diaper is just anytime there's liquid, they release, they release, they release, they release. If that's still what his body's doing, then he doesn't even have the unconscious control to hold and release, to hold and release. So you just want to start checking how often, I mean, keep him interested, like show the potty, but don't make it a big thing. Mm -hmm. But you want to make sure that he can stay dry for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. in his diaper before you start potty training. Because then then in his diaper, unknowingly to him, he's holding and releasing and holding and releasing. And that biological function needs to be present before Before. he can use a toilet. Because then it's about making that, those sensations conscious. That's the process of potty training. And so we do it on a schedule. So they're like... Oh, that's the feeling. Let me let it go. And then one day they accidentally pee in the potty and they're like, oh, those muscles. Okay, cool. And then you do the same experience for pooping in the potty because that's a different thing. Right. But if he's consistently releasing, it's also why potty training overnight is a different thing because it's a longer hold. So that's, that'll, yeah. that's usually the last piece that gets done with potty training. Right. So just start noticing if he's feeling that and also... If he's upset when he's wet, like if he's coming and telling you, like, I'm, I'm, I'm wet, Mm -hmm. then, then, you know, he's also not enjoying that feeling. Right. Right. Which might mean that you want to think about what you're putting him in. Like diapers are less comfortable than Mm pull-ups because pull-ups are designed to pull the moisture away from you. So when you're potty training kids, I actually encourage people to stay in diapers or in underwear. Because pull-ups actually make it a very dry experience. That's that's the entire function. So when you're out in the world, use pull-ups. But if you're home and potty training, if you're at the very beginning, use diapers. But if you're later on, you want to be in underwear underwear. because you want them to feel when they're wet. That that uncomfortable sensation is part of what helps the potty training. Mm -hmm. So it's why some kids, parents will potty train like naked if if you have space. Like if you have a backyard and privacy and... And you can just like let them run around because then you cannot do a whole ton of laundry, but just feel it. 
Right. And for kids that don't have potty training challenges, that's a great way to do Mm -hmm. it. But for some kids, that's not going to work because they don't have, they need more emphasis put on that contrast of when I need to go versus when I don't. That makes sense. So just notice, Mm -hmm. and then we can chat more about that in the future. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. So what is your one big takeaway? Your must make, your must make, no. Sorry, Elizabeth, please edit that. What is your golden nugget? Your one takeaway that you are going to make sure you do so that this conversation gets put into action. I think the biggest thing is leaning into that visual instruction um, and making sure that we are communicating effectively and clearly and directly with Miko now that we understand how his brain works, how he sees the world, how he learns. Um, I think that'll be huge for us and even huger for him. And it'll make our day-to-day a lot easier. His routines will go smoother. And I like the idea of the pictures because he definitely is a like, oh, I know what that is kind of person. And I like it with times because he does recognize numbers. Awesome. Like anytime he sees a number on the street, he's like, two, ten. I'm like, yes. So the fact that I know that he knows, I feel like that will also make his days easier. And he'll know like, okay, when the clock says this, I know this is supposed to happen. So I think that will, and I'm taking this home with me like today. Like, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. Yep. So I think that will be like the biggest game changer for us. Awesome. I love that. And it really... It's, it's going to make things so much smoother yeah. as long as you remember that you have to make the things happen at the right time. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like we can't say we're doing this at four and then at four I'm taking a nap. Yeah. No. Right. Yep. That is, that's the, the one piece that's, that's so interesting with kids that you'll start to see is that, especially kids on the spectrum, if you say this is happening at this time and give them the visual, that's like a contract that you have made with them. So you need to hold it. And we as the grownups get to decide what we say. Mm-hmm. But once you say it, that's law. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. how that goes. But I love that as your golden nugget. Yes. I think that that is fantastic. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yes. For sharing thank so openly. For yes. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I don't know. Thank me for coming. Yeah. Somebody. All of it. Just all of the gratitude yes, exactly. for the whole conversation and all of the wisdom that came through on both sides. And thank you for sharing so openly about your parenting journey. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great, amazing, fabulous day. And thank you for listening. I know your time is precious and limited. I'm grateful that you shared it with us today. What's your one takeaway? Just one small step can make a big difference. Make sure you know when new episodes come out by subscribing here and joining my mailing list at drmarcy.com backslash podcast. Do you want to be a guest on a future episode of Love Your Family again and again and again and again? Then go to drmarcy.com backslash podcast guest and let me know. Finally, do you need individualized help for your family? Then go to drmarcy.com backslash contact and connect with my team to learn how we can help you. Remember, blue skies are ahead and we're going to get there together.